Hello, Andrew Gomison here with the Speaking for Him podcast. Extremely grateful to have you with us today. And we are once again having a Freeform Friday podcast. Uh, for those who don't know, it involves having multiple segments on the show where usually we just have one major segment and topic that carries throughout the entire episode. Today we're going to break it up a little. Uh, and the reason for this is twofold. One is that I like doing Freeform Fridays where I get to put some segments on display that don't typically happen on the in the course of the regular podcast. And the other is that now that I have an at-home studio, I have um, more opportunities to do segments, and particularly the Today in History segment that we're going to share later uh, that I couldn't do when I was preparing three and four episodes at a time, or at least not very well, for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is um, I don't, I don't always know, didn't always know what order I would put the podcasts in. I always try to record as close to in order as possible, but now that I am recording at home, I can definitely share with you um, things like things that are more up to date. Like I've been talking about my responses to this whole pandemic situation and the shutdown and all the ramifications thereof. Okay, I want to jump right in and start today with our quote of the day. And our quote of the day today comes from a well-known uh, man to a lot of us in Christian circles, and that is John Newton. He says, Our righteousness is in him, and our hope depends not upon the exercise of grace in us, but upon the fullness of grace and love in him, and upon his obedience unto death. And again, that is John Newton, and he is the one, in case you're wondering, who wrote the hymn Amazing Grace. He was a slave trader, and he blasphemed God, but God got a hold of him and changed his life, and toward the end of his life, John Newton said, I know two things for sure. I am a great sinner, and I serve Savior. So, those are words of hope for us, which I think are appropriate given the situation that we find ourselves in culturally and also uh, with the pandemic. Um, so, whether we're talking about the racial tensions or just the ongoing uh, effects of COVID-19, uh, we need hope in either case. And I think uh, we're going to hear more about the grace of God as well when we get into our segment that I have for us with a great story of forgiveness and hope. So I hope that you will uh, stick around for this special podcast because we have a lot of fun and encouraging things to share. All right, well, by way of a life update, I just wanted to let you know, I had mentioned on the last week's podcast that I had made a decision to step away from the studios of uh, WJQ in, in Zeeland, Michigan, and I had made that known here on the podcast. Um, I emailed both uh, Brad Lanzer, the owner, and Tommy, uh, the morning show host and program director, and 
got really nice notes back from them expressing their excitement for me and uh, their gratitude uh, for our partnership. And so I was very encouraged by that and just very excited about things going forward with the podcast. If you live in Michigan, you know that our governor, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, has recently uh, been redoubling her efforts to scale back some of the opening up that has been done and to encourage people to be doing less out and about and to uh, wear their masks faithfully and to try to curb um, the spread of the virus. Now, this continues to be a really confusing thing uh, because we have seen cases go up, um, but the number of deaths and hospitalizations due to the virus has not skyrocketed. So I think that a lot of her concern comes from focusing on the number of cases. And when you have tests um, increasing, you have an increasing number of cases. And so I realize this virus is real, and I think the one thing that I keep going back to, and I'm going to say it again because I think it bears repeating, I don't think that there is only two positions in this. Because it feels like there are there are either people that believe that this virus is end-of-the-world status and you should stay home and not do anything, and then there are other people that think that you should just do everything and not take any precautions. Um, I don't think very many people fit into one of those two camps. I think... Most of us are fairly middle of the road where we realize the need for precautions, but we also want to make sure that we have liberty and that we are exercised in our constitutional rights. Just like I saw a meme on Facebook earlier today that said, you went from all lives matter, all lives matter to only some teachers will die really fast. Well, I don't think any of us that want schools to reopen um, are saying that they should reopen with no restrictions. So I think we need to be very careful how we frame this issue with COVID with our broad sweeping arguments on either side and instead have discussions that involve more nuance where we're saying, okay, I agree that we need to be safe, but we also need to get back to living um, because not only is there a physical impact of this COVID crisis, there's also a mental and emotional impact because we are made to be social beings. We're made to need each other. And so that doesn't just shut off in the event of something like this um, that has reached such an enormous scale. And I also would like to address one issue that came to light in the last couple of days, and that is a video that went forth um, by a, a group of doctors who have been very successful in treating COVID. And I think it's important for us to look at that seriously as well, um, since uh, we're not going to get to a place where there is zero COVID um, in our area or in our state or in our country anytime soon. We do need to learn effective treatment. And I watched the relentless um, wheels of internet censorship, I don't know any other way to put it, uh, 
coming to bear on this issue and basically blocking every posting of this video to the point that now the website that these doctors posted the video to says that it is expired within hours of them disseminating this information. And one of the doctors on there said that she has successfully treated over 300 COVID patients and had a, like I said, a hundred percent success rate and uh, none of them have even been hospitalized. But because it doesn't fit the narrative um, and because it doesn't uh, bode well for the big drug companies, it is not accepted. And it's interesting how the media can shut down something like that in a matter of minutes or hours, but there are other um, issues of moral degradation that are on the internet that are left up there um, in the name of free speech. So I think it only fair that we question these things. All right, well, it is July 31st, 2020. Hard to believe that that much time has gone past in this year. And so I thought it would be neat to look back on different things that happened on this date that shaped our history. So the first thing we're going to talk about brings us back to 1790, and that is the opening of the U.S. Patent Office. And let's talk about the first patent that was issued. That first patent on July 31st, 1790 was issued to Samuel Hopkins. Samuel Hopkins, uh, got the first patent for making a, for a, for a process of making potash, an ingredient that is used in fertilizer. The patent was signed by President George Washington. Hopkins was born in Vermont, but was living in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the time that the patent was granted. And one interesting thing I found about U.S. patents is that the current numbering system for patents was begun on, was not begun until July 13th, 1836. So I'm not sure how they kept track of patents before that, um, but the first patent, as I said, was issued on the state in 1790. We're moving uh, about a 200 years past that to 19 19- 71 to talk about the Apollo 15 uh, drive on the moon. Apollo 15 was the ninth crewed mission of the U.S. Apollo program and the fourth to land on the moon. It was the first J mission with a longer stay on the moon and a greater focus on science than the earlier landings. Apollo 15 saw the first use of the lunar roving vehicle, which was used on July 31st, 1971, to traverse the moon's surface. And that must have been really interesting for the astronauts that had the opportunity to partake in that. From 1971, we traveled to 1990, where we noticed that Nolan Ryan became the only pitcher to reach 300 wins in the 1990s. And he would retire 
with a total of 324 wins and all-time records for no-hitters, 7, and strikeouts, 5,714. When I was a teenager, I collected baseball cards, and I remember uh, being really excited about my Nolan Ryan card. And so I don't know how popular baseball card collecting is now. I know some people still collect them, but I kind of went through it as a phase. But it's really exciting to see that Nolan Ryan had these accomplishments and that he was so prolific as a pitcher. Uh, And he was very popular, as I said, when I was a kid. So, I just wanted to let you know about that. From 1990, we go to 2012, where we learn that Michael Phelps, on this day, July 31st, 2012, broke the Olympic medals record with his 19th as the U.S. United States romped to a dominating win in the 4x200-meter freestyle relay at the London Games. With 19 career medals spanning three Olympics, Phelps moved one ahead of Soviet gymnast Larissa Latanya, who got her haul in 1956, 1960, and 1964. Uh, I just wanted to make an observation here that it is very difficult to get a lot of medals in the Olympics, uh, mostly because when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, they changed the rules in the Olympics to where you're not allowed to compete in Olympic events until you are at least 16 years old. Um, Prior to that, in the 1996 Olympics, 14-year-old Dominic Mucciano had performed at about 14 years, and I believe um, some months, I don't remember if it was 6 or 8, but she was not even 15 yet when the United States uh, Dream Team, or the the uh, Magnificent Seven, as they were called, won the team gold for the USA. And so it's just interesting how difficult that accomplishment of having 19 gold medals is because, at, as was stated in this fact that we talked about, Michael Phelps stretched that over three Olympics. So getting to one Olympics is awesome. Getting to three is Amazing. So that is a a look back at July 31st in the Annals of History. I hope that you've enjoyed that and that you can amaze your friends with those facts. trying times and so my goal for today is to give you a little bit of humor and a little bit of levity uh solomon says in the book of proverbs a joyful heart doeth good like a medicine but a broken spirit drieth up the bones and i know that for many of us during this time that we're living in we uh, may be feeling a little broken and maybe feeling like we have left a lot to be desired, so I'm going to give you some dad jokes today, 
And I don't claim to be any sort of amazing uh, comedian. I thought about a career in stand-up comedian comedy, but since I can't stand up, that presented a problem. So you'll have to settle for dad jokes. I have two of them for you today, and I hope that you enjoy them. And I just wanted to say, if you want to share dad jokes with us in the future, you may contact the podcast with the information that will roll at the end of the show and let us know what jokes you want to share with us. So without further ado, here are my dad jokes. Okay, my first dad joke of the day is, what do you call mac and cheese that gets all up in your face? The answer is, too close for comfort food. And I told you I wasn't any good at these, but here comes the second one anyway. What do you call a factory that sells passable products? Uh, the answer is a satisfactory. <laughs> so I promise to work on this area of my expertise and try to hone it a little bit better. But I want to encourage you to send in your best offerings for dad jokes for use on future episodes here at the Speaking for Him podcast. And I hope that you have found... Um, a time of levity and just enjoyment in these simple jokes. Um, if you can do better and you want to share a joke on my blog voicemail where I can use it just directly from you to the show, I would be willing to do that as well. So just keep that in mind and make sure to laugh a lot and keep a merry heart. All right, well, today I wanted to share with you uh, a very special video clip that I found on Facebook as I was scrolling through Facebook Watch. Um, Those who have listened to past uh, Freeform Fridays, you, you know that I like to end with some sort of video clip that has inspired me or made me laugh. This one has made me choke up. Every time I've listened to it, I've listened to it several times in preparation for sharing it with you. And it's just a great story of redemption and forgiveness and how, um, how God's ways are, are far above our ways. So I'm very excited to share with you, um, this, uh, clip. And it's from On the Road with Steve Hartman, which is a segment of the CBS Evening News. We end this week with a lesson in forgiveness from Steve Hartman on the road. It all went down on this block in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Back in 05, Jamel McGee says he was minding his own business when a police officer accused him of and arrested him for dealing drugs. you saying the officer made it up? Yeah, it was all made up. Of course, a lot of accused men make that claim but not many arresting officers. 
agree. So you phonied the report. I did. I falsified the report. This is former Benton Harbor police officer Andrew Collins. Were you just trying to chalk up an arrest? Well, basically, the start of that day, I was going to make sure I had another drug arrest. And in the end, you put an innocent guy in jail. Correct. Yeah. You lost everything. I lost everything. My only goal was to seek him when I got home and to hurt him. Really? That was my goal. Eventually, that crooked cop was caught, served a year and a half for falsifying many police reports, planting drugs and stealing. Of course, Jamal was exonerated, but he still spent four years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Today, both men are back here in Benton Harbor, which is a small town, maybe a little too small. Hey, guys, thank you. Last year, by sheer coincidence, they both ended up at Mosaic, a faith-based employment agency where they now work side-by-side side in the same cafe. Oh, excuse me. And it was in these cramped quarters that the bad cop and the wrongfully accused had no choice but to have it out. And I said, honestly, I have no explanation. All I can do is say I'm sorry. And Jamel says that was all it took. That was pretty much what I needed to hear. Today, they're not only cordial. Saturday, we went to the trampoline park. They're friends. Uh, you know, we talk about life. Such close friends. Not long ago, Jamel actually told Andrew he loved him. And I just started weeping because he doesn't owe me that. Uh, he, I don't deserve that, you know? Did you forgive for his sake or for yours? No, for our sake. Not just us, for our sake. Jamel went on to tell me about his Christian faith and his hope for a kinder <laughs> mankind. He wants to be an example. So now he and Andrew give speeches together about the importance of forgiveness and redemption. Grab this one, set it over there. And clearly, if these two guys from the coffee shop can set aside their bitter grounds, what's our excuse? Steve Hartman, on the road, in Benton Harbor, Michigan. I just want to make a couple observations about the CBS Evening News clip that you just heard. Uh, first of all, I thought it was significant because we had a African-American victim uh, making peace with his white oppressor, who was in this case a cop who was dirty. And I thought it was a miraculous uh, story of redemption because you see that the young man chose to embrace forgiveness, and he said it wasn't just for him, it was for us. And when pressed, he indicated that the us was not just for the two involved in the relationship, but was also in what was also for everyone in our society in the sense that he wanted to show the principle of what forgiveness means. I also thought it was interesting how it spoke of his personal redemption uh, because he came out of prison wanting to hurt this police officer. That was his, his sole motivation coming out of prison. I want to hurt this guy for what he did to me. And somehow God got a hold of his life and changed it. And there was someone in the comments of the Facebook video, in the Facebook thread, that said, 
there is no way that could be me. So to the commenter who said they wouldn't be able to do this, I would say you're absolutely right. Because there's nothing in your eye that has the ability to do this. Only God can make that difference. God is the one who gives us the ability to to love in that way. I want to read to you part of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And as I do, I want you to think about the fact that in 1 Corinthians 13, the love that is being described there, Jesus did it perfectly. You know, when Jesus came down to this earth, he said, I'm not come to abolish the law, but I'm come to fulfill the law. You and I did not have the ability to love somebody unconditionally ourselves. But with the love of God, with his help, we can echo these words of Paul and we can apply them to our own life. Reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, reads as follows. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity. But rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things. Believeth all things. Hopeth all things. Endureth all things. Charity never faileth. And that's First Corinthians four, First uh, Corinthians thirteen four through eight a. And if you think about someone who is those things, there's probably someone in your life that you know does a really good job of loving. But the only one that perfectly typifies this passage is Jesus Christ, um, and He will give us. Uh, the power to love one another. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, they will know that we are Christians by our love for one another. And then in another passage, Paul says, um, for us to do good to all men, especially those who are of the household of faith. Again, the power to love comes from God. Um, everyone that loveth is born of God, for God is love. So, my challenge to you in these unprecedented times in which we find ourselves is to love one another, uh, to see each other as fellow human beings on a journey, and to uh, really just put yourself in another person's shoes when considering all the issues of the day. I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. It's given you things to think about. I hope that you will share it with others, and above all, I hope that you have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com.
You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.